I'm Hannah. And I'm Evan. Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of Design Doc. If you're just joining us now, Design Doc started in 2017 to chronicle a year in the development of a role-playing game, a sequel to our first game, Questlandia. Three years later, we're still going strong. Questlandia, our first game, recently went out of stock. We've decided that we want to do a print run of an updated and redesigned edition. To be clear, this isn't Questlandia 2 we're talking about. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to return to our first game after years of working on its sequel. Evan, hello. Hello. Hi. So, <laughs> so we recently made this big decision to reprint Questlandia 1 instead of letting it just disappear from print. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big decision in terms of like the arc of this story of Questlandia 2. So do you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about what went into that decision? Yes, I do. I mean, this decision came on the heel of us rebranding making a new kind of business, business name, new website, a new store, all around Turtle Bun, as opposed to make big things. Mm-hmm. And we've been setting up the Turtle Bun store, and we've been thinking about what's on it, and we've been talking a lot about expanding what's on it. And we've had a lot of fun discussions about what kinds of sort of extras and bonuses we could sell. And so then we set up our first draft of the website, and it had two things on it. It had Norlandia and Dame the Man Save the Music. That's not entirely true. It had Noirlandia, Dame the Man, and two remaining copies of Questlandia. Right. Which <laughs> sold and then it went out of stock. Yeah. <laughs> and that felt like like, okay, wait, this is kind of jarring with our intention here, which was to really give our existing games a chance to shine and see the light of day and not be constantly overshadowed by the creation of the next big thing. Yeah, we've been working in sort of a chaos mode the past five years or so where we'll kickstart a game and then, you know, we sort of have a few copies to sell after, but it's not enough to get us through a year or a few years so we immediately jump into planning and then kickstarting our next thing without really having the opportunity to like boost and sustain and i don't know give life to the thing that just came out mm-hmm. like it comes out and we sort of we dump it <laughs> like we do this creative dump of this project and then uh immediately move on to the next thing no fanfare tell me if this sounds right to you But I have a feeling that it's sort of like we've developed some competency in kickstarting a game and raising money for it uh, through that avenue. But we aren't as competent at having a game that's already made in our store and bringing attention to it and building support for it and selling it in that sort of ongoing, more passive way. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, 
And that's a good way to put it because, you know, there's this thing about Kickstarter, I feel like also where (laughs) you can kind of self-consciously be like, I'm sorry, everybody, for the next month, you're going to hate me a little bit while I talk about my thing every day. Um, (laughs) And then like, it's, I don't know how to bring that energy to like the next three years. (laughs) You know, like, I don't, I don't really know that, um, how to, how to do the marathon instead of the sprint of reminding people that you can still buy our games. Like, I think I have this in this built-in self-consciousness about, you know, bothering people about this thing that we made that's still available. Mm -hmm. And we've always had these ideas about ways that we want to keep supporting the games we've already made and like releasing extra adventures for it or extra tools or hosting discussions of people who are playing through the game, like having Q and A's with people. And the issue is that like we don't it's we don't know how to make that sustainable financially. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to making rent, we feel like we can do it with a Kickstarter. And it's harder with an ongoing game. Yeah. So part of the hope with this new store, with Turtle Bun in general, is to change that. Get confident at sustaining games and not just uh, exploding them out into the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Competent and confident. Because I think that, I mean, at least for me, those two things really come hand in hand. It's like I have to both, if we have... If we have the competence, I have to then just, you know, uh, let this idea melt away that nobody wants to hear about these games anymore because, you know, it reminds me, Evan, of like back when we used to run um, this community center together that was largely centered around games that people would usually have to hear about the community space at least 10 times before they came in. Um, Like they'd have to see a flyer downtown see it on Facebook, hear it from a friend, see another flyer, like the community space on Facebook, ignore three events, and then finally be like, oh, yeah, you know, I just I kept hearing about you guys. And so I finally came in. And I haven't been able to bring that same energy to our games. And and I don't know why. <laughs> right. I mean, I think one part of it is that we've also had that experience of always feeling a little dissatisfied with our games. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um, Um, And always being like, okay, well, the next one is going to be even better. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I see. I see what you mean. (laughs) No, I I know what you mean. Like we release it into the world and then we're like, okay, you know, here it is. uh, Flaws and all. Now we're going to we're going to move on to the next thing. This is going to be an improvement and an upgrade. I think that was definitely, I mean, you know, we've been talking about Questlandia 1 for years now in the context of making a sequel to it. And that discussion has had a lot to do with, like, what felt missing in Questlandia 1? Where did it fall short? What could be better? That's sort of like a lot of a lot of negative energy to throw at this first game. <laughs> it is, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and like when I would talk about Questlandia on podcasts, I think, you know, the farther I got away from the game, I think in the beginning, I was just so happy 
to have made uh-huh. a thing. Um, and I was like, it's the best game. It's great. Creative dice. And then, then as the years went by, I was like, it was a good effort. It happened. Dice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and (laughs) so like I want to talk about this shift that happened for us where we were we went from being sort of self-conscious about it and promising that it was going to be replaced by something better to being like let's let's see what it would take to be proud of it and remake it yeah so when we got to this decision point of, okay, Quizlandia is officially out of print, and are we going to print it again? The idea of reprinting another batch of Questlandia 1s exactly as it is now wasn't very appealing to either of us. I think that idea was leading to a feeling of like, maybe it just stays out of print. Mm-hmm. But the conversation got more interesting when we talked about updating it. A little bit. And that conversation, I mean, you know, updating Questlandia 1 has been a theme of our lives for years. So clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those so, of you who are still here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so certainly when that was floated, both of us got a like, hmm, interesting, tell me more kind of <laughs> attitude. And that began a conversation about what it would mean to update this original game in a way that is distinct from the work on Questlandia 2. And as I recall, I was pushing very much for like no rule changes to Questlandia 1. Mm-hmm. Like I was excited about the idea of revamping the game and its presentation, but I wanted to a Questlandia 1 new edition to still be Questlandia, to not be a thing where you're comparing and being like, oh, I like the original edition and not the second edition. Like, I want it to still be what it is. And I wanted to sort of revisit our attitude towards the first game and appreciate what it is and start looking at it as like a game that's worthy of a sequel and not a game that needs to be fixed by a sequel. Yeah. Uh, And I guess I was pushing for a lot of rule changes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not... (laughs) I feel like it's one of the reasons that we we work well together and often come to a middle is you're like, what about no rule changes and we can just update the layout? And I'm like, what about every rule change? (laughs) And we can update the layout, and then it will come out in a hardcover version that is holographic and a hologram. (laughs) Um, Uh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's just this, like, sort of object floating in an orb uh, made out of this iridescent... (sighs) Anyway. um, So, yeah, so so we sort of came to this middle place where we were going to reprint the game do a Kickstarter, update the layout, and do this lighter touch path to the rules, um, but still clean it up and fix a few things. And I'm curious how, do you remember how we came to that place? Well, there was like a two-step process. And one was working on healing the relationship with Questlandia 1 
And then the second was actually reading through the entire book together carefully and considering, reconsidering every sentence of it, every picture, every decision. So the first step being therapeutic. The first one was therapeutic. I mean, it was helpful. Like at one point we were just like, you know, I'd still play a game of Questlandia. In fact, that's that's a game I, that's one of the first role-playing games I'd (laughs) want to play. Yeah, it's like, it's well, a... that's actually kind of, that's, <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> it's this weird thing where like, sometimes, sometimes I worry that I don't actually like role-playing games. And then I'm like, well, I like Questlandia. Then I'm like, well, hmm, that's, <laughs> I have, I don't know what that means. Um, but I still like, like, I still enjoy Questlandia 1. I, I really do. I still have uh, a lot of treasured memories from games with Questlandia 1. And I don't think we're the only people who have had special moments with this game either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess even if we are, uh, it doesn't invalidate those treasured memories and it could justify a Kickstarter. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's enough for us to say it's worth people's time. So, yeah. So first we had this experience of uh, talking about Questlandia 1 being out of print and deciding that Questlandia 2 had become enough of its own thing that we didn't want to just bulldoze over it or nullify it with the creation of Questlandia 2. We were like, this this game's actually cool. And it's at this point, it's a totally different thing. And maybe we can imagine Questlandia as more of a, a line of games than just this replacement um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like you said, we had this process of going through the whole book. We each picked up a copy of Questlandia and we flipped through every single page, every single word, starting at the cover, um, even going through the like, you know, copyright and dedications page and just analyzing every single part that we might want to keep or change. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me being like, hold me back, Evan. <laughs> hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we found a mix of things where there's some stuff that wasn't sitting right with us, but a lot of it really did. A lot of the tone of it, a lot of the rules are like, oh yeah, that's a good one. That mm-hmm. one fits. Yeah, some of it even surprisingly so. We were like, oh, we said that? <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, I was looking for me personally, revisiting the art was a tense situation. It's always tense for me to look back on my old art and to think about what could have been better. And looking through the art, there's a lot of it that, you know, is maybe a little off, a little bit different than I'd want. But a lot of it, I don't know, it has its own charm. It's it's much easier when years pass for me to feel like even if I've drawn something that isn't the way I'd draw it today. It has value in the way it looked back then, too. Like, Hmm. there was something to it. And that made me lean towards keeping most of the art as is in the book, or just slightly polishing some things. And in a new edition, just drawing some new stuff, adding more art. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of cool to like 
have all these art assets already. It's like we made ourselves some nice clip art. And by we, I mean you. And by clip art, I mean nice pieces of <laughs> illustrations. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I really know how to flatter. Um, uh, yeah, and then we also did this look through for like rules, clarity, and tone, um, which you know, that one's a little iffy because it can spiral really quickly, especially when you know there's things about the game that you are not totally happy with. I mean, the dice system has been one of the, like, most controversial parts of Questlandia. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, most people have never played it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think that for, like, five minutes I was like, we should change the dice. We should simplify the dice. And then we decided not to, that there were, there were like terms we could change and maybe even like some of the names of the results could change. And there were just like so many things we could do to simplify the rules, to introduce concepts in the right order. But like the core game needed to stay what it was. I think the dice system in Questlandia 1 is cool. I think there's just an issue with how it's expressed in the book. I think it comes off as more complicated than it is. Mm -hmm. The way that all the results are described has like a lot of, it's like a little garbled in the order that the rules are described. And the terms, there's like so many terms and it's a little overwhelming. And a lot of it I feel like can be resolved by just thinking about how this information can be presented more clearly and in what order and also maybe having some like extra examples we've talked about the idea of having like a template that you lay the dice on top of like a piece of printed cardboard or paper that like makes that information really tangible as you put the dice on it but not only would it be a lot of cascading work to change those rules. But I think the rules work. Like when you're playing the game, if you're, when you're over the hurdle of actually grasping what's going on with the dice, then it tells good stories. It has good impacts. And mm -hmm. like, it works for the setting. It works for the characters. It works for the length of the game. And that's impressive. And it's hard to make a thing that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like, I mean, I like this decision as, and I, I think we'll talk a little bit more about this at the end to kind of bring this all together, but really just making this project where we're like, we don't want people to feel like they have to compare, and you said this already, like compare or make a choice between vintage Questlandia 1 and Questlandia 2. Um, mm -hmm. this is part of the answer to that. Right. I feel like there's ample room for both of these games to exist and both of these experiences to be worthwhile. Uh, so do we want to talk a little bit more about just like some of the other things, like basically the things, things that we have now or know now that we have called out as like things that we're going to bring to this project. All right. So one big part is that we are thinking of just redoing the layout design of the whole book, every page. Yeah. Don't at me on this one. 
<laughs> not you. Uh, this is like the most, this is the most added, the most added aspect of the book is people are like, that layout was, was uh, an inaccessible piece of shit or like that layout, don't change it ever. <laughs> right. Don't at me. I know. Yeah. Um, it's pretty it's getting... strong diehards on either side of that. Yeah. I mean, the, so the deal with the layout for, you know, anybody who hasn't seen the book is that the left side of the book is the rules text and like all of the rules text and how to play. Other way around. Oh, shit. Wait. No, no. The right side of the book is the rules text. No. No? No. Go get all it. Right, you I'm, have a copy? I'm fact checking. All right. Fact check. Yeah. The left side is the long script. The right side is the rules. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so left side long <laughs> script, right side rules. Um, and, you know, it created this, we we thought it was so cool. And it is kind of cool because, like, the example on the left side will always line up with the rules on the right side, sort of thematically. But it creates this really, um, I don't know, kind of choppy reading experience of, like, you having to flip an additional page before you get to the next page of rules. Um, not super, not super accessible. Uh, it was such a feat because it was not only our first time using InDesign and learning InDesign, but like to keep with that pattern of making sure that the example always matched up with the rule. Like there was just, we were just constantly reflowing the text and reformatting. I'm impressed right. with us, but it's not happening again. It's going to be normal. I think it also went in the other direction where it wasn't just working on this uh, script of a playthrough of the game to match the rules. I think there might have been some changes in the other direction where the rules were described differently to make them match the script on the mm. left side of the page. I think that might be why some of these rules are introduced in a bit of a garbled order. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Because reading through the rules a second time was definitely... Uh, some of it was just like, wow, why why, did, why are there so many rules that are just called out and not explained? Like, you know, flip ahead 20 pages to learn what that means. Yeah. Making it into like a choose-your-own-adventure book experience of flipping back and forth through the rules <laughs> to actually understand what's happening. Like, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. That's not stuff we would be okay with in a game we made today. No, I mean, so, yeah, there were, like, a lot of forward references. And then also just noticing, like, as we've refined our, I don't know, ability to communicate rules over the years, like, learning what even has to be a rule and what it what's not. Um, like Questlandia right. has an over description of rules and concepts that um, are, you know, now it's just like we hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> they mm -hmm. don't need to be called out. And I can't remember what they were. We do have this whole, um, I mean, we have like this 15 page document where we talked about what every one of them was. I should like put it up on Patreon or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... People should be able to critique our critique. Critique our critique. That sounds like a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun going through this and fun being like, you know, cringing a little bit and then being proud of some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so there's, you know, our, our graphic design sensibilities, more accessible layout, clarity of rules and tone, 
Um, also just like printing knowledge, like some of the art uh, was dark. Like you tend to lean towards dark palettes. Yeah, I'm guilty. <laughs> um, but you know, when I remember when we got the proof back at first, some of the art we like couldn't even see, like it was just like right. these black blobs. And then we had them, you know, adjust the colors a little bit and they were like a little better. And I don't, uh, maybe we were just like, maybe we felt bad asking them to do it again, or we were just like, <laughs> I don't know, felt like we were in a rush, but you know, some of the art yeah. is a little too dark or desaturated. Um, right. so we just, we want to, you know liven up Spruce if we're gonna yeah if we're gonna reuse those pieces zhuzh them up a little bit zhuzh. and and all right so in our argument about rules and changing all the rules i i think i can say i won the argument questlandia <laughs> the reprint edition is going to be the same game as questlandia og but a little better but yes yeah i will you uh you won <laughs> i won you won Okay, let it be known that I only make arguments to win. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually win them, but uh, this time I'll give it to you. <laughs> so I say that not to boast, <laughs> not to gloat, but actually to talk about what we did do mechanically with the game, mm -hmm. which was... No changes to the base game mechanics as it is now. You can play Questlandia in the new edition exactly the same as the old. It just might be a little bit easier to understand and read. However, there are some additions that we want to make. And that includes things like giving some levers players can pull to make the game play out more quickly or also to extend their time playing the game to continue playing in the same world that they've created. Mm -hmm. Also, the original is for three to five players, and we want to make sure there's a two-player version that's playable, and maybe also look at playing it with a larger group. But no promises on that one. No proms. No proms. And we also just sort of generally wanted to think about ways to... Um, I guess just help with world building and with creativity, giving more examples and potentially like alternate tables and tool sets for making more varied worlds with the game system. And I know even though you said that the rules aren't changing, we did talk about this possible reskinning of just like some of the terms to improve them a little bit both both in terms of maybe some of the like mechanical terms but also just like reconsidering uh the terms used in some of the tables like we looked over the table for kingdom ambition and i can't remember which ones we were specifically looking at but feeling like some of them could just be a little bit better yeah definitely and um, to be fair you know changing the language of a rule is changing a rule too. Yeah. Definitely changes the experience. Yeah, of you're it. totally right. Yep. So, so it looks like you won the argument after all. Oh, look at that. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited about that part, revisiting the language and thinking about how things could be more clear, how things can be more open ended when you're creating a world. I mean, that's a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so wild because I think it's going to feel like, uh, I don't know, the same game and also an entirely different game at the same time. I just feel like it's going to be so much clearer and it's going to read so much better and it's going to be easy to understand and oh, the dice won't feel weird. They'll feel great. Weird and great. Something can be weird and great. That's how I, like, Absolutely. Made, it, that's how I made it through high school. <laughs> that should be our company tagline weird and great i think it should be something can be weird and great oh that whole defensive energy to it (laughs) (laughs) hey something can be weird and great (laughs) shut up (laughs) oh man it's like how when i was a kid growing up and you know got bullied a little bit god oh god my stomach makes a cringe even thinking about this but my mom like her answer to that was that I just had to be like cleverer than the bullies. Like they had their they had their uh, bad attitudes and personalities, but I had my wit. And she literally gave me a book of comebacks. Oh no. God, I feel like sick to my stomach. She gave me a book of comebacks. I can't remember what it was called. It was probably like you know, four hundred and thirty-two clapbacks. Um, and and one of them. that I used multiple times when somebody put me down was if brains were bird droppings, your cage would be clean. Wow. (sighs) So they just like they ran for the dust, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's catapulted directly into the sun. Yeah. They were like (laughs) We stand this nine-year-old queen. No, that is not what happened at all. <laughs> it's like the rocket's blasting off again. So I think, yeah, I think that we should totally take that same <laughs> level of like defensive owning of our own weirdness into everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> I got sweaty telling that story. It's still so <laughs> stressful to me. <laughs> anyway, what were you? Okay, so Questlandia won, though. Questlandia won. <laughs> Um, so, so we're going to take that defensive energy back to Kickstarter. (laughs) I know earlier that I said, like, like we were talking about trying to develop some capacity to sell our games outside of Kickstarter, which is still the end goal. (laughs) No, it's still a goal, but you can't practice selling a thing outside of Kickstarter if you don't actually have the thing to sell. Mm -hmm. Totally legitimate. Right? Come at me. Uh, And it also just makes sense, like, in terms of, like, how many games you should have on your website, like, two seems a little suspicious. It's like, mm -hmm. what are you you trying to get at here with making me choose between this one thing and this other thing? Two's always been a suspicious number. Right? Like, maybe neither one kind of hits the spot. Like, three, though, it's like, okay, now we're talking. Three makes a family. Yeah. Yep. The mommy, the daddy, and the baby. (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure which one is which of our role-playing games but questlandia is the baby it's growing up it is really fun to think about what this kickstarter will be like and kind of having a second chance to give the kickstarter spotlight to questlandia because i feel like at this point, after running as many Kickstarters as we have, we're going to be 
better at describing this game and talking about what makes it special and sort of knowing what we've got. Yeah. You know, and um, even though even though I talked about our self-consciousness in selling things after, you know, after they've come out, I feel like we don't have that self-consciousness for Kickstarters, but we absolutely had that self-consciousness when Questlandia first kickstarted. I mean, down to the level that I remember arguing with you against image headers, like using, I, I really wanted to use those just like default Kickstarter like h2 headings or whatever because <laughs> i thought that image headers were had to be reserved for people who were like better right like i seriously thought that that, it, yeah. that if we did that people would be like who are you to make this thing that looks real your right. game's fake and i was like i want to draw the header <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say i don't think that anymore <laughs> well I mean, even if you do think that, now we're just, we're powerful enough. We're good enough. We're on the image header tier of mm -hmm. game designers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else you want to say about the changes that we're going to make before we wrap up with like where we are now? Well, this like bleeds right into where we are now, but one aspect of thinking about bringing this to Kickstarter is also thinking about, like, what's what would it be like to have a level that isn't just the book, but is all the supplies for the book? Oh, yeah, yeah. All the game components and materials. I mean, we've had this, this discussion with every role-playing game that we've put out, where mm -hmm. we're like, should we do that? Is that reasonable? And then the answer has always been like, we don't know, but it seems fun. Let's do it. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I still think it seems fun and let's do it. And I also think that we are experienced enough to actually get an answer about whether it's reasonable and like what we can get, like what, what kinds of materials we can get, what kind of playing cards, what kind of dice what kind of packaging and have a sense of how much work is that going to be and how much do we need to charge for that to actually be reasonable and not to just be <laughs> whatever it's been in these last projects. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of work with questionable return. I'm trying to think of what to say about that. Let's drop an amen. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. In in every one of our projects, I mean, I think even including Questlandia, we did kind of throw together this, you know, everything, everything and more level. Um, and those levels, yeah, they've always been really hard to put together. And I feel like not totally successful. And I don't, I don't know, I don't entirely know the why, but I I think we're actually going to answer that question for this one. Like we're we're brainstorming everything that we could possibly want in that level. Then we're costing it out. And then we're going to just start removing, like remove and remove and remove until it's something where the price makes sense. And it's including uh, the essentials, like the essentials that you would want to play the game if you didn't have dice and you didn't have 
ghost stones or tokens, but nothing nothing totally extraneous or like randomly thrown in. I don't know. I yeah, got to think I more mean, about got to think, think more about it. When it comes to a level like that where instead of just pricing out the print run of a book, you're pricing out, you know, 8 to 12 different components. Yeah. The economy of scale becomes a massive part of the equation. Mm -hmm. And those levels, they've always been small for us. I mean, big in cost, small in, in backers. Right. So, I mean, if there's ever a place for stretch goals, that's where it's at. Where it's like, oh, if we get to print 200 of these, if we get to print 500 of these, like it's so much more affordable and it's possible to make add more components or make those components nicer. Anyway, those are the kinds of discussions we're having around it. It's fun, but a little stressful, but kind of fun <laughs> because it's stressful. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, that describes everything. Yeah. Of the past five or six years. <laughs> um, cool. So finally, uh, we're in, we're in the thick of this now. Uh, the Kickstarter is not going to be um, it's it's not that long from now. Like there's not that much that we have to do to pull this together. The game is made, obviously, um, and mm -hmm. you know the the real work is going to be in the presentation of the Kickstarter. Really figuring out. Oh well, here this is this is what we're talking about. This is our this is the final notes that I have. So it's like we we really have a clear idea for this reprint, what's going to stay the same and what's going to change. Where we're struggling uh, is with the sort of description of these changes to summarize the game um, in two ways, like to give people who are not familiar with Questlandia like a sense of what it is and why it might interest them and to give people who are familiar with Questlandia who have the game or you know, have been listening to this podcast for three years, like a, an idea of why this is distinct from Questlandia 2 and why they might want to back it, um, even if they backed the first Kickstarter back in 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's different levels of description where we want to be clear on all of those concepts. And, you know, if we had 15 minutes to explain it all, we could definitely do it. But we want that to be clear from the title and subtitle of the Kickstarter. And then we want it to be more clear within the first paragraph that you read. So compressing that concept down, we're wondering, like, what's what gives you the impression that if you've never backed this before, this is totally a complete backable first experience of the game? while also expressing that this is a updated, upgraded version, mm -hmm. you know? And even thinking about like, you know, a movie has a director's cut. Games actually, video games have director's cuts more or game of the year editions or things like that, where it just expresses like, oh, it's the same thing, but like it's revisiting it and updating it and bringing some extra energy to it. Yeah, and knowing how to describe that is like a little bit complicated here, unfortunately, with just like the fact that for three years we have been promising Questlandia 2 
And now we're like, it's Questlandia 2.1.1. 2 is actually 3. Right. <laughs> like it's, we can't, we really want to use, like we want to avoid second edition. We want to avoid 2. Right. Even None of if, that suspicious <laughs> 2 number. Even if Questlandia 2, when it actually comes out, isn't called Questlandia 2. Like it may have a totally different name, but we just like want to get totally away from that. That yeah, you're right. Suspicious too. That's what I said. See what I mean? <laughs> it's a callback. Yeah, that's game design. <laughs> Yo. Um, so yeah, so we're struggling with this a little bit. Like when you have that blurb up at the top, you know, it's like a reprint, an upgrade, a director's cut. Um, we haven't quite nailed it yet. In fact, if you, the listener, <laughs> have we're an so idea. Bad at this. <laughs> if you want to interact with our metrics online <laughs> legitimately wouldn't mind hearing some feedback on what kind of terms could be attached to a questlandia reprint that would describe it as a updated edition what what are those words that like get it across make it feel like oh it's a special edition it's the same game. It's an updated game. It's going to be a little, it's going to like have an extra second pass of love over it, but with no second, no, no language second, like no second, <laughs> no twos, no dos, no do, <laughs> no stein. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, so let's close, let's close this out while we're in the spirit of making people do our work for us. Um, yes. <laughs> we also want to know, finally, how you would describe Questlandia. We've struggled with the blurb for Questlandia for um, like six years now. It's gone from, I mean, it's been a game about, is it a game about kingdoms in trouble? Is it a game about collapsing worlds? Our our struggle with Questlandia is like, <sighs> clearly these are words we struggle with. Um you get these like people focused stories of people trying to do something while their world is in a moment of change. We don't even know if we want to use the word collapse in this one. So, you know, I don't know if you just want to sum up Questlandia for us, that would be great. Thanks. Or if you want to just talk to us about your experiences with the first game, where one of the things we want to do is gather testimonials from people. About. Oh, yeah, because they look really good on a Kickstarter page. And yeah. it makes us also, feel good. <laughs> it feels really good to read about feels people good too. <laughs> enjoying the game. Yeah, that um, too. Uh, although I guess, you know, don't it doesn't have to just be enjoyment. You want to talk about uh, what didn't work for you? I mean, we're revisiting it all. That's what you found a typo. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the layout obviously changing, but, um, yeah, definitely. We'll take it all. I'm ready. Psychic Maelstrom, bring it on. You can email us at designdocpod at gmail.com with any of that, any of it. We'll be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will be legitimately happy. Um, and now I have actually set up a proper forwarder for that email too, which should uh, lower our six-month response time down to, you know, 
three months or so. Wow. No, we'll be (laughs) No, I really did. Like the email was not forwarding properly for years. um, And now it is. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm really sorry. Welcome to season two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get it together. Get it together. Um, uh, That's what we got. We'll see you soon, heroes. Design Doc is part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Our theme song was written by musician Pat King. Thanks, Pat. To stay in touch, you can follow us at Design Doc Pod on Twitter or email us at designdocpod at gmail.com. And you can always find more great shows on oneshotpodcast.com. Design Doc is continually supported by the Turtle Bun Patreon. We want to thank our two newest patrons, Ren and Jacob. Thank you for making this kind of work possible. We have also officially launched the new Turtle Bun website, turtlebun.com. Our role-playing games are currently up for sale there. Um, and not just for sale, like it's not like you can buy them, like they're, uh, they're also on sale. Uh, and we've even added a few t-shirts. Uh, those are <laughs> so the deal with the t-shirts is that they're print on demand right now. And if people actually get t-shirts and depending on what they buy, um, there's like a local printer that we have here that we like. And the hope is that we could do a larger run of locally made t-shirts, but we don't want to print like a hundred. And then everybody's like, what are these pieces of shit? <laughs> there's one with a bird on it. You'll see. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Um, there's a golem action, which is like maybe a little bit putting the cart before the horse because golem mud is not even out yet, but it's like, you know, get in while it's fresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also have some new turtle bun social media accounts. You can follow those on Twitter and Instagram at turtle and bun. Thanks for listening, heroes. We'll see you again soon.